Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam, the collagen, bone broth, oxtail drinking, Morgan. The collagen king. Collagen king. You don't, well, you need it when you get older. You do. You don't want to be the new liver king, though, do you? You really don't. <laughs> what happened to him? Well, do you know what he's done now? Is He's talked about his steroid cycle. He's gone the other way around. I haven't seen him. He's actually talked about steroid cycling. And not, he does not it. that we see him like knocking about. Sydney. No, we really don't. <laughs> hey, you guys! <laughs> you on the steroid yet? Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Please go and check out Liver King now and see how bad Liam's impression actually was. That's a, but that's what makes good impressions, isn't it? You've got to make sure it's, it's a bit like our Matt Burles impression. Um, I'd love it if Matt Burles actually listened to that, see what he actually thought. I think with Matt Burles, it's that thing where the whole vibe of how punky it's always been definitely lends itself well to him being involved in the mafia. And he's quite big, isn't he? He's quite tall. And he does look a sort of Italian. Biolus. Is that? Sounds Italian. Yeah. You can imagine him. Yeah. Having a bunch of bodies under the, under the factory there. But we don't talk about the bodies under the factory. Yeah, well, exactly. I think he's so high up in the surf hierarchy, he could sort of go over to, you know, a really popular break at a Calif- you know, in California, really, un- really overcrowded and all that kind of stuff. And just litter them with a machine gun. And everyone just go, oh, no, no, you can't. You can't arrest that. The smat. You ain't seen nothing, right? <laughs> um, we've got a bit of breeze today. We have. Windy. Which um, means? We have waves. Yeah. And we talked about it on social media this week, didn't we? I think it's this thing where um, when we surf is when most people around the world don't surf. So it's a bit of a paradox. That's, so when we have wind and it's onshore, that's when we are actually surfing. <laughs> Obviously, we love our clean days. Who doesn't? But our clean days often involve more people or just a lack of power. Because we have a beach where it's so slack in the way that it breaks, it holds onshore wind very, very well. That's, that's, that's the blessing. Like if it was a you know, reef break here or you know, it was like a really shallow sandbar or it, it would be deadly, it'd be awful. Yeah. Because onshore on a powerful topography is, is impossible. Um, like if you go to Bali or somewhere and it is fully onshore, it, it's just, you know, death on wheels. Um, but where we are, no, no, you can get a turning or two. But people look at it and go, oh, you can't go out in that. You can't go out in that. It's so dangerous. It's so dangerous. Oh, God. And you get, you get these comments on social media. Oh, it's so irresponsible. Oh, he's putting other people's lives at risk. I saw this on social media this week. It was quite funny. People commenting about the swells we'd had and having, having no appreciation whatsoever that the drive that they had on the way down to their complaint on the seafront of some going in the sea when it looked a bit stormy was probably more statistically dangerous than the person going out in the seas yeah. who knows what they're doing. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny, isn't it? I saw that. I, wanted, I, I hadn't actually spoken to you about that, but yeah. Oh, it happened um, to me during lockdown when I went surfing. Somebody yeah, took a picture. Oh, yeah, you did. Put it on Facebook. What's this lad doing? Yeah. He's going surfing. Shut the f- Oh, mate. Um, yeah, it's, you're right. It's wind and onshore. Although this week's surf, we always have a little chat about the surf. We, th- three surfs this week. Yep. Because of some of these, the easterly, the onshore, and then we had, a, I had a clean sort of microwave, which is always my favorite. But that first day out on the big blowy easterly, you were the only person in. I paddled out, got out the back got slammed a couple of times and it was such a paddle mission. I managed 45 minutes and three, yep. three waves. And yep. then I just thought I'm going in. Yep. It, I, I knew, I knew that, that um, possibly your uh, surf was reaching its conclusion when you did a ditch dive 
Because <laughs> <And> <laughs> we were in the corner. It was weird how it worked because we, we got pulled into the corner by one of our rock islands, which is a bit sketchy. So just a huge amount of granite rock staring at you in the face with a rip that's pulling you into it. Yeah. With some sizable waves. There was, you know, at least two feet overhead on the sets. And it was, we, I don't know how it happened. Like that's amazing. The amazing thing with rips is you've got to stay incredibly humble and very aware and alert in the ocean around them because the surfers, we get a bit complacent. We're like, yeah, yeah, rips. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because that's for swimmers and tourists and whatever. But no, 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 you can get pulled into stuff. It's rocks for surfers. It's not necessarily getting pulled out the back. It's when you get pulled into stuff. And uh, (laughs) I looked across at you. I was a bit further towards the rocks and looked across at you and we're like, how are we here? And you lobbed your board out of the way. Now, before, jumped, jumped anybody write, bomb. before anybody writes in, there was no one else in the seat. You should always keep hold of your board. Yeah, I do. But uh, you, there was you, no one else there. You, when there's no one else there, you are f- fully entitled to lob your board out of the way. No, when, I think when you're getting pounded like that, it's, yeah. I mean, I, I think that day was, was unique because there's a lot to unpick in this intro today around our surfs. I want, I want us to really talk about our, both of our surfs of late because we've had a lot, uh, which we're very blessed to have, which is wonderful. But we, so as, as, as listen, listeners would know, to help heal my ankle, I've been doing really low carb slash sort of zero carb carnival diets and keto and all these kind of things. And I don't think I've even shared my 72 hour fast yet. So we'll talk about that as well in, in Mind Body Stoke. Um, my first ever three day fast. It was a remarkable thing to do. Um, but that surf, when you'd come in on that first day of the Easterly run, was the day after my first dose of carbs for 40 days. Not even a, <clears throat> a, a, a few berries or a bit of butternut squash or I'd literally gone zero carb to help heal things and so on and so forth. So I think I'd had carbs and my body was not going to get tired. Um, and I've had that a few times in my uh, sporting career. I've got a, as a family, we have a bit of a genetic predisposition to good endurance levels with that kind of thing. But that was a bit next level. And I, I just, I just was not going to get tired and I kept paddling and paddling. So I was going to have one of those surfs anyway. And I think we've all had those kinds of surfs. And in this exact same sentence, we've all had the other kind where the waves are actually really good, but we're just feeling a bit meh and we don't have a great surf. So I think the point we're making really is the way you take care of yourself to a greater or lesser degree dictates how the surf goes. And that's, that's the essence of our show. You know, how you want your surf life to be is down to you in the decisions you make around your lifestyle, but in the decisions you make around the dinner table and the gym and everything. It affects how you surf, no matter what the fucking conditions are. So you meet surfers all the time who, oh, waves, oh, yeah, my boards. And oh, it's like, no, mate, fucking look in the mirror. It's <laughs> Just look in the mirror. Oh, yeah, because I'm waiting for my operation. It's like, mate, just what? Get in. Get in or do something about it. Do, you know, it's, Lower your inflammation level. Well, it's a bit like that thing about, we said it ages ago, um, about training. You know, what's, what you're training for and why do people train all the time? Why do you do this all the time? Why do you lift all the time? Why do you uh, go for these walks? Why do you do these little bits of exercise snacking? Why are you trying to sort of eat as well as you can? And it's so that you're always ready to surf, whatever happens. So, you know, you, you're only... You can only fight as well as you train. So when that time comes, if you can just be ready to surf, if you can be ready to go in the water and surf wherever you are, um, you know, conditions permitting. But if you've done all you can to be fit enough to 
train to surf, then you've got no excuse. And sometimes the excuses, even when you're not as fit as you could be, are just are just that. I'm talking. I used to make the excuse. I still do sometimes, by the way, because everybody's oh, we all human. Do, yeah. Um, instead of just saying, and instead of just saying, no, I don't, I don't want to today. I'm not up for it today. Rather than not being able to by not having put the practice in or the discipline to stay fit and active and well. So as I was saying, it's just it, why we're we training. Well, so that you're ready to surf yeah. immediately. That the waves come. You know, worst thing you can do is the waves arrive and they're like, oh, oh shit, I wish I'd, oh, I better start working on my fitness. It's too late. <laughs> Surf's here. It's way, way too late. It's a bit like England uh, playing South Africa in the rugby on the weekend, like, you know, on review. Oh, we didn't really attack enough. Um, yeah. <laughs> By the 75th minute, it's a bit late, lads. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. To stay. Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Harry Hindsight is the world's yeah. best advisor and coach. Oh, Hindsight's a very, very good. He's, he's the greatest. Wow. You know, I did tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to be like this. Yeah, exactly. So fucking funny. But we had a lot of stuff. So there was, um, then with the next day, day after, there was the two really big days. Or I say really big. Big and powerful. We do get a bit of power sometimes. With these Easterlies. I think it was Storm Babette, wasn't it? Some of that Ooh, that was hitting us. I don't Something know. to do with that. I don't know the names. Everything gets a name now. It does, doesn't it? Um, storm, storm, mushy brown water waves, Sidmouth. Um, shit storm. Shit, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I was on my big baron and I kind of, I'm just a bit obsessed with mid-lengths now. Um, so much so that I very spontaneously went and bought one. Um, it's quite funny, we... Uh, came into a little bit of money through an inheritance. Uh, and most people get very sensible about that and look at sort of, well, you know, investments, stocks, you know, your house and things like that. And the very first thought I have is surfboard. <laughs> Just, right. Um, I really do, yeah, I feel like I really feel like I could do with the seven, six. So what I did, I've got a six, eight big baron, which I'm loving. On some of those bigger ones, all the smaller ones, not in the middle. It's like, a, I don't think it'll go or be needed in the middle. Like, you know, just good, but not too big, not too small. But on small days and on big days, uh, I think the 7.6 is going to be amazing. And I had it out. I bought it. I had it. God, t just want a big shout out, by the way, to shaw.co.uk, Shaw Surf Shop in Wittering. Ordered the board midday. Next day arrived, 9 a.m. <laughs> Unbelievable. Free delivery as well. I mean, just So anyway, just recommendation. Sure, if you're listening, you better get some. You better get some discount. Next I was just going to say, sure, if you're listening, that's, that's that's come on, bring the discount on. Um, and then I took the board out twice that day. We surfed together. Um, first surf, yeah, it went okay, but the waves was the waves were okay. It was just a little challenging because it was a bit. Of, it was a proper junky, kind of mixed up type of vibe. When the tide had pushed in later in the evening and it had cleaned up a little bit, um, I felt the power of that seven six. And it's it's this really interesting thing where mid lengths. I'm finding really hard to get on, not to get on rail, really hard to get back and into the pocket in terms of balance. You have to, you have to be perfectly balanced. But I love that challenge because if you get it right, you, you do these long turns and the feeling of it is really, you don't lose any speed. It's a really flowing, effortless feeling. And uh, I'm super hooked. And I had it out again the next day on a couple when it was, it was again really fun. What was your one like? What have you been on, dude? Come and talk, talk, talk to the listeners. What boards have been <coughs> well, happening? Well, we've been talking a lot about mid-lengths, haven't we? And, you know, I will go back to something once I sort of find the right sort of dimes and, and size because I've been persevering, largely due to um, 
laziness, if I'm honest, changing fins. I've put these, I've put those quad keels that I really love in the new Hydra that I've got. My second-hand new Hydra, um, which is a 5.5 Lost Hydra. I love it. It's a great board, but I've been really struggling on some certain like big, chunky, junky conditions because it's not really for... It doesn't... Well, certainly I'm not surfing it well in those conditions unless you get a little bit of a clean face. Um, and so it's, it's like... I know that there's something slightly lacking there in my quiver that would benefit me in those kind of surfs or really big sort of like a step up just to kind of get yeah. me in a bit earlier. Having said that, um, I had a surf then at the end of that swell run on a like two and a half foot, but very clean bit of leftover ground swell um, in this little spot that we get that, that kind of where the, 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 the wave jacks up a little bit. So you kind of almost get this kind of split PK frame. Not quite, but good enough for us, right? Oh, easily. And that was this sort of Saturday just gone, um, the day of the South Africa-England uh, rugby game. And I had, I felt like I'd just unlocked the secret to the board for my level. Whenever I say this stuff, by the way, I'm talking about my oh. comparison to myself oh, surfing it the previous week. Not like, um, uh, you know, Slater or Rob Machado or um, what's his chops? Noel Salas is my one. That's, where, that's the name I was looking for. Not like Noel Salas serving a five, surfing a five-five Hydra on those waves, but me was how was I compared to that first easterly, like massive onshore, sort of dumping, really challenging sort of paddle uh, day, way better. So I'm persevering with it just because I got this gem of a surf on the Saturday where I finally kind of went ah okay. You know when you're that moment when you connect with a board and you're like, ah, oh, right, okay, I need to keep going at this now because there's a perseverance and a discipline to sort of push through the rubbish to get to the other side. I feel like I'm at that stage with this thing now. However, I hold my hands up and absolutely agree with the input that would say, uh, and again, lots of people around here say this, haven't you got a longer board? And uh, the answer is not one that's functioning. Um... But I do accept that there's a board in between the ones I've currently I'm currently riding that would help me on some of the sort of bigger days or the junkier days. Your Luke Shaw would do a pretty good job of yeah. being almost a mid slash step up for you. Yeah. It's probably more just a couple more inches that would just give it the full mid type of feeling. What mid lengths are gonna give you is early entry. That's 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 the key with it. It's gonna give you early entry, good paddle. But does you I'm still looking for one. That Luke Short's a good thing. Because the Twinny is a very beak-nosed, flat rocker board, if it was a 6'4"-ish, maybe a bit longer, but with a slight lift in the nose, I think that would be a great board. That's the one. It could be the Glider. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been and I was listening to this. The Glider is the sort of lost Hydra mid-step yes. up. Dimensions are still pretty thinned out. 6'6 six yeah. six is only about 40 litres. Yeah. It's designed to be ridden on rail in the pocket and all that good stuff. Um, but the, the journey on boards will, will never stop and uh, it, it's such a funny one in the, in the house with my wife. Um, the constant want for another one somewhere down the line. Yeah. <laughs> never ends. <laughs> and you have to run it past the marketing team. Uh, the, 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 the financial services within the, within the household. Well, you know, because it's this and, you know, it's going to do that and it's different because it's so on and da da da. And um, it's weird because she doesn't actually care at all, really. She says, oh, no, it's fine. Well, if we've got the money, then do it. But I sort of do it out of habit in a way. Oh, no, I'll, be, I'll just, you know, 
let's run it past the team. My hab- It's really funny with any of the expenditures in our household because my hobbies cost a fortune and everyone else's are like pennies in comparison. Well, <laughs> People think surfing's really cheap, but actually you're getting into boards and you're testing them out and you're trying new ones and you're getting surf skates and trips and all these things. It's like, sorry, where are the surfers with no money? Like, it, I don't, it, there are obviously some who just get a board and a suit and make it last 10 years. That's fine. That, that was me. <laughs> hey, man, it was you. <laughs> you bankrupt me by making me buy sort of um, expensive surf kit that I, I didn't did. need. You came down here with your girl wetsuit. You could hear it going <laughs> as, you, as you put your arm hey, in. Like, you took you about 15 minutes to get the thing on. I did, I did have two Gulfstream boards, which in and today's you did. money, today's money would be about £300,000 because they're an expensive board. But it, back, back in the day, yeah. when they had that shop in Braunton, they yeah. were affordable boards, but they, they were brilliant boards. And they're incredibly well made. Kind of Heavy wish I still jobs. had those two, two boards. Brilliant they, boards. They'd be good now. It's, it's one of those ones where we all do this, right? I'm sure people listening to this now are nodding when I say, don't get rid of your boards. Just the one way, you get, well, that could then fund that one. And, and I get it. You want it to, you want it to it's, uh, with the secondhand market, it's easy to get rid of. It funds the next board, fine. But I regret, I do. I got that pu- purple puddle, that beautiful yeah. purple puddle. I think, did I need to sell that? No. Could I use, uh, could I have used it a few times recently? Yeah. And it would have been really fun. So I don't know. I completely agree. In fact, looking at those boards, if anybody from the Gulfstream family is, or Jules, in fact, is listening who shapes those boards, um, I had a speed dialer, 6.4, quad. Oh, yeah. Quad. That was like a mid Fish kind of thing. Yeah. It was mid It's a beautiful board, and it was so fast. I remember you riding that. There's, a, there's an element that really if it had not had lockbox fins, I would have kept all I of know, them. mate. Lock, they're uh, dreadful. Uh, they're yeah. dreadful. So, I would have kept them. But, and, then I, and then I had this speed dialer, which was beautiful. Um, again, that's about 6'4", six, 6'6". Six, six. That would have gone beautiful. That's probably the board I'm talking about. That would have been um, like the Luke Short with Rocker. and yep. Because it was just such a stunning board and it was great for those north coast big days um but no sold them um and you know you're not supposed to have many regrets in life but i do sometimes just before i go to sleep at night yeah. i think ah oh, those two boards were brilliant i know i know we all do it i think with, 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 with regards to boards um what you're looking to do on the wave is is, is a really important thing to sort of just have a sit and think about in a way because i've had a real review on this recently philosophically where Den, it's Den. I reside into a, into a, an early acceptance too soon, or, or should I say, an apathy of my age. Oh, I'm aging, so let's just do mid length surfing. And n- no, but find the balance between acceptance and ambition. Yeah. Um, acceptance is, you know, I'm six foot two, ninety kilos. Straight away, you have to just this is just a hard fact. Um, you know, I don't bend as anywhere near as well as someone like you. You know, I bend okay. I bend pretty well for my for my fitness and what I'm trying to do. And I'm bending better than ever. I'm, I'm, I do compress better than ever and I'm always working on that. But various forms of acceptance with ambition still thrown in there and trying to find the, the, the balance yeah. between the two. Because can you be really ambitious about the kind of turns you can do on a mid-length? Hell yeah. Fucking mate, you want to get that high and tight back in the pocket. That's doable. If you keep pushing your surfing, getting better. Whilst at the same time accepting, you know, how you are and, and also what you feel is realistic. You know, realistic is the throw, word that gets thrown around that sounds boring at times, but no, it's exciting. And, yeah, we haven't said this for a while, not ever taken away from the fact that you're in there to f- 
it's how it feels to you. Yeah, man. Because if it well feels said. like you're surfing, like your version of pro, then yep. you are already winning. Fucking right on. Completely agree. That's it. That's it. That's all that can. So I think it's that thing where, so I've, I've kind of, for years, breaking, in the, breaking down the details of this, you know, in terms of boards, I went from early on in my surf career, riding way too little volume, way too little board, as most people do. I then went and, and wasn't really getting back to the pocket. Surfing okay, but I dread to think what I looked like back then. Um, I was having a good time. What that's, does it matter? That's all that matters, really. Uh, my wave count was good. Fitness has always been pretty good. And then as I got into my 30s, I started tweaking my boards, increasing volume, so on and so forth. Then found the puddle jumper. There always needs to be... Uh, uh, if you're, if, so if you're enjoying your surf progression and it's going exactly at the pace you want it to, then, then great. Awesome. But hindsight's a wonderful thing. And I went from, on average, riding a 34, 35 litre sort of performance fish. That was my go-to in most waves. I then saw my friend, Tom, riding his puddle, 6'1", at 45 litres. Big ass bit of kit, but shaped a bit like a shortboard, doing insane things on the wave. Getting back to the pocket, getting back to the pocket on, on little crumbly waves. And, and you've got to be open-minded enough to spot an epiphany, spot a, a light bulb moment in those ways. And it comes from other surfers, I believe. You see them surf, and it's why I think I think we should all should there. We all could take a keen interest in what what all the surfers around us are doing in terms of the you know the, our friends and peers and so on and you know locals that you see at locals breaks where you just watch them and watch what they're doing and 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 see if you can spot nuggets of wisdom coming from what what they're doing with their body, but also what balls they're riding and how they're riding them. And I saw so that was Tom. I went from 35 litre straight to 45 litre because I bought one like a week later because I was like, right. And that was it. That was my, that was the next big leap in my surf career. And I, yeah. and I actually started properly surfing back to the pocket on each cutback. Subsequently, from there, I then saw a guy this summer in June at Saunton riding a 6'10 something mid-length. And he was quite a small guy. He's like a five foot, eight, five foot nine guy, maybe 70 kilos. Absolutely shredding. Turns, 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 but like good turns, fun, back to the pocket, another turn, paddle back out instantly because there's loads of paddle on the board. And I'm looking, right, that's it. In, th within two or three days, I was on it with, with, with the, my, my big baron and I started that whole journey. So I think it's the insight I want to share is really that thing of just, you know, come out of your own bubble and just keep watching what other people are doing and pick up bits of wisdom in that way. It's quite, I think it's quite a big one that. Well, I think there's always that moment as well where your practice and progression meets, there's probably some diagram on this, right? So practice and progression meets your equipment at the time and the two then hit this kind of sweet spot of harmony and you get so much acceleration of development from that moment. So all the stuff that you've been doing up until that point meets a bit of kit that helps you go to the next level. Um, it, it, even if it, in inverted commas, makes it easy. That's what it's supposed to do, right? Good kit is supposed to make development easier for you. Of course. So if you have that where you're, just, you're on this kind of journey of like, I'm trying to improve, I'm trying to improve, I'm trying to do it on this thing, and then something comes along that helps you access that better because it's just a, you know something slightly tweaked in the board that you're riding. That's amazing. I love that moment when... And weirdly for me, that was that um, foamy, the Mick Fanning foamy, which was, was, was something that... At the time, I needed just what it gave me to allow me to sort of throw in some practice that I hadn't been able to do on previous boards. And then you then you take that and then you go on to the next bit where mm -hmm. you're like, okay, I've done, I want to try that one now. And you put that mm -hmm. learning and that practice and that development into the next thing. 
all for the reason of how is it making your surfs feel? How does it get, mm -hmm. does it increase the flow? Are you entering that space of, I'm not, I'm not anywhere, anyone, in any place, in any time. Mm -hmm. I'm just now flying on this bloody wave. 100%. And that, that's what it, and all those things kind of come together for that, right? So you go, oh, I'm now like intertwining all of this stuff I've done. I've got something that's helping me do like the magic carpet that is a surfboard. And I'm surfing the kind of waves that give mm -hmm. me that bit of in between too much and too little. So it's that perfect flow moment. I think that's what the magic is. That's the magic ingredient, really. Oh, isn't mate, it? I completely agree. And it also makes me think of what we were discussing the other day about, um, you know, uh, the purchasing of these things. If you're gonna, if you're gonna progress that journey of of surfboards, because they're gonna play a massive role along with you know, like Ombi, you know ocean mind body equipment like you know i think it's going to play a huge role so it's if you're taking care of your mind taking care of your body to get better taking care of the equipment last piece um is 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 notice when you're holding back on purchasing of boards through fear of what if as opposed to the ambition of well what could this actually do because there's this really interesting thing, interesting thing called perception in life where where one person's perception is oh no and no, i definitely don't have enough money Someone else's might be like, oh, I've got plenty. Okay, let's get it. So we're not ever trying to change that, but we're more trying to get you to, to hear what we're talking about here in terms of the way in which you're uh, managing your spending. And of course, it can go the other way. It can go too much with someone spending, like, and, it's got, and it's become too chaotic and they've got too many boards and it's like, which fucking board do I ride? And too many fins and it's gone way too down the other direction. And that is what we call an unconscious behavior that is yeah. you know addiction it's like addiction to anything addiction to gambling addiction to alcohol well buying boards can be just as much a part of that but the other way the other extreme of like no i just ride my board and it's just well i i believe i believe personally that if that person has the cash obviously it has to, they have to have it you don't want to leave yourself completely with nothing just for the sake of a surfboard but let's say there is that middle ground to fucking go for it because i think the novelty factor the boost in flow experience, what it'll teach you that board, how it'll help you progress your surfing is essential. So it's about finding that balance, not one up one end, nor down the other. It's like, where is that middle middle that we're all trying to find? But it is interesting. Like we're all, we're all different. And I know we're never trying to change uh, each of us. All, all this show has ever been about, same with diet, same with surfing, same with managing your money, emotions, whatever it might be, is, is you. You know, how can you be more aware of yourself um, in this process? And um because it's fun. Like I throwing this out there, I think getting a new board and getting it right is just as important as the yoga that you do. Yeah. To help improve your mobility, just as important as the food that you put on your plate to lower inflammation levels. Like I, I really believe it's that big. So you kind of bring the whole program together and whew, you get the diary, you get the training right, you get the, 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 the equipment right, the lifestyle bits, and it, it keeps progressing. But we've got to get your mid length. I think that's why I won't be a good. Well, here's the thing a bit of politics here. Imagine if the government didn't take so much money off people, they'd have more money for the joy. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you had a self-improvement uh, tax where you, on your tax return, you like get this. to keep more money for yourself We're as long as you government. spend it on things to increase your well-being uh, instead of giving them the choice of spending it on yep. whatever they want to uh, waste it on. Sorry, spend it on. So. <laughs> Just slip that in. <laughs> slip that in. Bit of pollen. God, like Ben Elton for a second. For some there. reason, when we're talking about equipment and getting better at, at, at learning how to use it, I, I thought of um, the rampant rabbit and vibrators and so on. I don't know why. So I went down that road. Oh, I thought, dear. what is the analogy? What is the comparison? We were doing so well. We were doing really well. Week we, we after had a few week. weeks in a row without pubic hair. 
parents have stopped. Parents have started listening to it again. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. All I said was rampant rabbit, but I think it's that thing where you learn how to use the equipment that you use. Um, and it's the same with the bedroom. And in fact, when I'm going down this road, right, you carry on. Keep going. Porn. Porn is interesting because porn is a bit like surf porn. It's not real. When you watch, well. I know you love Mason Hood. When you watch Mason Hood, you watch Kelly, you watch these people on these ways, it's like, well, how can I relate to that? It's a bit like watching high-class well, uh, HD porn. Well, it's I'll like, well, it, that's I'll, not I'll real. It, I'll make an important you know mindfulness I mean? point on this, is that as soon as you're in a vortex of looking at unrealistic things and compare, comparing yourself to all of that stuff, yeah. you are opening a gateway to misery yeah. and, 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 and like emptiness and yep. dissatisfaction. Unless also, on the other hand, you watch that impeccable porn with the HD camera and just go, oh, wow, that's lovely. And take it for what it is. And just like there's Mason Ho. It's like, oh, well, yeah. And it's removing the I, the me, the, it's, it's including the we. It's like, well, we're all human. We're all doing different, our different things and being mindfully aware of, I know I'm never going to do that on that wave, but I can still just enjoy it for what it is and, and not, like you said, go down that road. But when you have an unconscious mind, God, good God, it's so easy. I remember when I was younger, I used to watch surf stuff. And it, I don't know if it really did fire me up that much, get me stoked to go surfing. It, a lot of the times, I just kind of watch it and go, fucking hell. And it would, I think it would, it, would, it would add to my kind of deep-seated, I'm not by the waves. This kind of sucks. Look at these people. So I think it did. But that was when I was much, much more unaware. Um, I can watch stuff now and be just, oh, yeah, cool. But I'd actually, do you know what's is, is interesting as well, Liam? I think we, I just don't watch it now. Yeah. I'm not motivated by watching some amazing surfer on an amazing wave. It, it bores the shit out of me, being honest. That's why Ben Gravy's done so well. Completely agree. It's like, what is accessible to me and what's realistic? Completely. And who's having the, my experiences? Because most people are not having the experience of yep. a sponsored surfer being taken to like the best atolls to surf, you know, hidden reefs yep. um, and in, in crystal clear waters mm-hmm. on, on, the, on, a, on the best boards that are provided. You know, Breaker Board is another one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very... It, it's it's so far removed. So there's there is a sort of fan like you say exactly that point. You know, there's a fantasy angle that you go, wow. But realistically, you know, you, you kind of get bored of that very quickly because it's so Super. unrelatable. Um, whereas somebody comes along who's surfing similar waves to you, or, albeit better at times, yeah, obviously, but but not so much so that you can't think, well, I could have a go at that. It's more way more aspirational in many ways to see like what Ben Gravy's created for his self and his life than it is to watch some of the old kind of pro surfing edited Completely. sort of perfection, really. It, it, it's why uh, vlogs like his, now not <laughs> putting us into that bracket in terms of quality of surfer, but it's why shows like ours and numerous others and YouTube channels are going to continue to expand and grow, I think far more than the, just the standard pro surf industry because... The real surf industry that's growing underneath, I think, is the, is, is the average Joe. Because the average Joe or Jane is relatable. It's so much more inspiring to watch. And immediately you take that stoke into the ocean. Why, why are we watching surf footage? Well, it's, it's obviously interesting. It's fun. But we want to be able to take what has come from the footage, from the words, from the conversations. We want to be able to take that in to what we do, which is real. And it is two, three foot onshore dribble or whatever with surfing. Because that's our lives. And in fact, it's the lives of most surfers around the world, barring a few countries um, that do genuinely pump kind of all the time, you know, Indo and South Africa and certain other places, you know, m- most of the surfing world are dealing with, you know, junky conditions. Yeah. A lot of the time, loads of the time. 
Um, and it's so much more relatable when you can see someone kind of engineer with all their skill, their average skill, that, that better cut back through that bit. Um, and I think those Average Joe kind of vlogs, um, yeah, they're just going to explode and, and podcast. And there, therein lies the whole kind of thing that runs parallel along for the whole theme of the show where life kind of intertwines with the surfing. Most people's lives are just getting on, trying to make the best of the conditions that they're, <laughs> the hand that they're dealt with, right? And it's then what you do with those. What, you, what do you do with that path that, that defines whether you're living a great existence or you're complaining about it? 100%. Mate, round the houses, what an intro. What an intro. What an intro. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Moving on, segment number two, a little bit of mindfulness. So let's take a breath in through the nose. And breathe out slowly. And take another breath in through your nose. And breathe out slowly. I want you to just pause for a second on breathing. Well, obviously, keep breathing. Don't die on me just yet. Because I'm going to take you through a sound breath now. Something a bit different. There's a brilliant podcast I want you guys to all listen to where Mark Hyman. So go to Mark Hyman's podcast. That's H-Y-M-A-N. Mark spelled as it would with a K. And go to the breathwork guy on there. Talking about the benefit of making sound when you breathe out. So that would be otherwise known in the spiritual circles as chanting. And we're not going down that road, but it's very much this physical road of when you, you make that sound or ah or om, some sort of sound, vibration in your chest, there's a load of extra benefits compared to just normally breathing out. The biggest one of all is, is the production of nitric oxide in your nostrils, which you, if you then breathe back in, you're increasing blood flow into your body. So if you, let's say, are on a drive right now, on the way to the coast, the entire episode listening to this show or your next show or music or whatever you're going to do, try and just do the breathe in and then on the way out. So I'll just do one for you now. So you're going to breathe in through your nose. When you breathe out, make an ooh sound. So ooh. And you do it for as long as you can. So 15 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever. Studies also show that the slower you breathe out, the lower your stress hormones uh, go as well. So if you're feeling, um, well, even if you're not feeling stressed, I mean, quite, quite honestly, with the way modern life is, cortisol's get almost guaranteed to be too high anyway. So to, <laughs> you can just practice better breathing. It's always going to work. But I think that's a good one to try out. But I really, I really recommend Mark Hyman's podcast. Anyway, we've talked about it a lot on the show. Yeah. Um, I think you got me onto Yeah, he's pretty Hyman good, Dr. Mark Hyman. Um, but his one on uh, breathwork is, is just great. And you learn a lot about what breathing can I mean, you, 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 you really kind of get nail this. I, I, I have to kind of remind myself to go back to it. That sound exhalation is even better in a bathtub because mm. of the kind of acoustics and the resonance. Oh yeah, it, that's it, cool. It, it, and the water sort yeah. of as well. It, it, it's really good for apparently um, stimulating and calming and um, that the, the the sound exhalation, the vagus nerve. And it can really kind of lead to huge benefits for relaxation and depth of 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 of, of reducing yeah cortisol levels and yeah. just resetting the body. 
um, and bringing yourself back into the present moment. That, whew, just come back into here. That, yep. Let's forget the future, forget the past. Let's just go where we are now. Um, so no, I, 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 when I remind myself to do it, it's a good, good place too. Is um, yeah, in, in in a place where the acoustics are really good as well. You know, it is, and I and I get the bath one. No, I, it, it, that's that's a seriously cool idea. Um, but yeah, guys, give it a try. And the Vegas nerve is absolutely right as well. I think that um, podcast is worth listening to. Um, second number three, uh, mind body stoke things Liam and I've been working on with the mind and body to raise the stoke. So near the end of my low carb zero carb phase, I did a. 72-hour fast to see what would happen. And very interesting. So I wanted to read my ketone numbers to see if I could get to what's called therapeutic ketosis. Um, it's a point of ketosis in which you get this incredible anti-inflammatory effect. Uh, it can come from two, two, two methods. One, a, a, a fairly low to moderate protein intake throughout the day, very high fat and zero carbohydrate. That's, that's one way. Um, which is kind of what I was doing. Uh, another way is just extended fasting. Another way is doing, you know, a low carb intervention for a while, a good couple of weeks or a week, and then going into an extended fast. There are a number of ways, but basically what you're trying to do to get to that level of ketosis is to lower your carbs enough that, yeah, your body has to start using ketones for fuel. Now, nutritional ketosis starts at 1.0 millimoles per deciliter of blood. Um, and that's a, that's a nice place to be. Your brain will be certainly feeling the benefit of that. Um, your blood glucose will obviously be lower. So overall, you'll feel just so much better in your brain uh, from that anyway. In terms of surf performance, maybe not because if you're used to glucose, um, yes, the brain could be feeling wonderful and happy and alert and sleeping well and da-da-da. But you go to paddle and, you know, that can be a struggle at the start. But the deeper and deeper into it you go, the, 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 the more straightforward, you know, carb sapping activities become like like surfing but this 72 hour fast is very interesting i i had done 48 hour ones before and had good benefit i did this one and did the first night call we're through uh, it's always the night time it's the hardest you know going to sleep and having no food in your body is a bit just a bit weird um got to the next night and it was interesting i i was chilly before bed it's amazing it was a real insight into how warming food is obviously it's there to keep you warm one of its main purposes, calories are, are heat at, at the end of the day. Um, and uh, I was, it was just a normal night. It was like 14 degrees Celsius or something. And I was wearing a pair of socks, little beanie, jumper, pair of tracksuit bombs in bed under my duvet. So a little bit chilly. So I got through that and then the sleep wasn't great. It wasn't. And then, got, and then um, that's it. I'm there into the next day. Right, here we go. Let's have a coffee. Uh, just had a black coffee, um, plenty of liquids adding loads of salt to everything. I just had so much, I salted my water constantly and adding extra salt to this, extra salt to that and so on. Um, and so in the aftermath, it's, it's never at the time you feel the benefit, it's in the aftermath. Um, the, the, the performance in the, so the brain is where things are really interesting because for the next few days and, and whatever, it's been, what has it been? Nine, 10 days since I did it or maybe more. Um, just unbelievably happy with, uh, life like a just a a super deep gratitude wellness of wow my brain my brain feels like someone stuck a new brain inside my head it's it's surreal how fresh and alert it felt that's the that's the biggest insight the body wow. was like yeah kind of cool yeah um, but if you do the reading on one of the benefits of extended fasting is actually it's the regeneration of neural activity and neural cells so a lot of our neural pathways get sh a little bit closed off shut down mm. uh, just over time 
and they all get open wide, you know, open completely wide open again after uh, doing these kind of things. So that was really really cool. And then since going back to surf, uh, how has it affected my surfing? Immense, fantastic. Like certainly when I put in a little bit of carbs after, oi oi oi. The energy I had all of last week, I surfed, I think six times in five days, and just didn't feel the fatigue factor yeah. at all until. <laughs> I grabbed two kettlebells. I was feeling so, so good. This is where life's so fucking humbling, right? When you're feeling your absolute best, is sometimes almost when you, it's most risky, you're going to do something kind of silly because I felt a bit bulletproof and I grabbed two 20s, uh, one in each hand, uh, kettlebell thrusters, which is where you squat all the way down to the floor and push it in the air. One of your favorites. Love it. I thought, right, I'm going to see if I can do 20 reps with 40K. And just do it in one set. Even by 15, I was, I was wrecked. And I carried on and carried on. And I haven't done the exercise for like six months. <laughs> it's about a three-day recovery in my lower spine of not, not like unstable and in pain, just stiff. Yeah. Really stiff in the lower back and so on. So I won't be doing that again. But I love that exercise. That, pretty epic experience. <clears throat> That's interesting because, I mean, I'm looking at this from a point of view of energy. Is definitely noticing some energy dips as I get older mm-hmm. now. Some of the stuff that I'm doing. said this this weekend. I it's the importance of rest as part of your program. Mm -hmm. And I've been guilty of doing too much, too much, too much. And then the enforced rest of like, oh, and you, and you, you can hit a bit of a wall of, um, self-induced, like, oh, sod it. And you have to get yourself really back into the discipline again when you've done too much because you feel like you've given yourself a green light to really rest. And then you can rest, then you rest too much. It's, it's that fine balance of doing enough, but not, not, not so much that you can't surf when you need to um, and and having good rest, but not resting so much that you lose the gains that you, you're making, especially as the sort of body starts to age. It's, it, it becomes a sort of tightrope and a finer dance, I think. To, uh, but, but, I, but I have to confess, and I, you know, regular listeners will know that my, my enjoyment of a, of a fine beer of an evening, uh, I had a really dry pe- sp- spell. And by the end of it, I, I confess I was surfing better because I'd yeah. cut out the booze. For, for, for a bit longer and that's another element that I'll start to toy with as, as, I, as I go forward now is what, what effect is it having on my uh, kind of energy levels more than anything else I think that's where I'm dialing now is it, where is my energy dipping and why is it because I've overtrained is it because something needs a little tweak within the, the, the diet input uh, is it alcohol consumption is it of nutrient missing whatever it might be of course, aging plays a strong part in all of that, as you've said. Um, Huge role. Y- y- what you could do on, you know, a packet of Doritos hit chili heat wave and <laughs> eight eight cans of Red Stripe, you can now lo- no longer do. Quite simply, <laughs> no, that sounds like a great night. Yeah, <laughs> in the thatch, crispy, yeah. delicious, tangy crisps with cold sips of beer. Oh god, cheesy chips. You and can see why of- people go down the food road. It's fucking addictive, man. And if you have an addictive personality and you have an unconscious mind and a stressful lifestyle, fuck, be kind to yourself. Yeah. If you just can't get it together and you keep fighting with that reality, keep going back to the wrong foods, whatever. Yeah. Eventually just accept. And there's a peace in that surrender. You know, Eckhart Tolle, what would Eckhart Tolle do? He would say, well, look, just surrender. Just, it is what it is. Well, no, I've got a good friend who always says, those things you just got to have no quibbles. Yeah. No quibbles. It's what you've done. It's, you're beating yourself up about the yeah. things is worse than doing the thing oh, itself. Well said, Liam. That is absolutely true, man. It's, the thing itself Fuck is yeah. done. Yep. You're, you're traumatizing yourself about it. Yep. It's going to make it a hundred times worse. Fucking bang on. I'll give you a great example. I had the first time in 
probably about 11 years, real cheese. I grew it. That's a long time. And the backstory on that is that I had severe psoriasis in my 20s. I did loads of diet hacking and then obviously built up that thing of like, well, I'm not going to avoid, I'm not, not going to eat this, this or this because yeah. I want to, and it was mainly dairy and gluten and nightshades to help my autoimmunity. And um, I did be beat myself up because the next morning my skin was super dry. Uh, I got on really well with sheep's cheese. I'd had that the previous night, but I, I wanted to have real cheese. I wanted to have like full on cheese with a high lactose content. And it, this the taste of lactose. <laughs> Fucking, when you've not had something for that long, it would have been like me having a piece of real bread. Yeah. I, I my opioid receptor. So there's, there's, a, there's a part of the brain that fires up and lights up from dairy that does also from, um, from bread. It's this kind of feel good. It's why cheese on toast is about the best thing you could ever eat. A little bit of ketchup. Mm. <laughs> and um, this Gruyere cheese, letting it melt on the tongue. Oh my God. It made me realize how fucking rank sheep's cheese is, by the way. Even yeah. though it's lovely on things, like, but just yeah. on its own, it's a bit quartz, cool, like strong. Yeah. Next day, I beat myself up. I was pissed. My skin was flaky, dry. I was like, you idiot. And I had all those kind of thoughts of like, you know, ruining all my good work and what's this going to do to my joints? And subsequently, I was mindful of it, was aware of it, calmly letting it pass. But I think because of that, I'm actually okay. I feel fine. The skin's actually back to normal. Whereas well, I think when I was younger, I used to stress and stress about that to the point where actually, just like you said, Liam, I ended up doing more damage in the stress than the food. Yeah. It's a funny one, isn't it? It, it is. And actually, it's funny because I brought this talking about this book I'm reading this kind of Steve Hagen's sort of plain and simple Buddhism earlier on and, and there's a there's a bit in that as there is, as there isn't a lot of this kind of um, very sound solid advice around uh, like the path that you're on it, it is if you stumble and fall and falter it doesn't mean that you've stopped entirely you just get up and you start walking again and and and, and in doing that and not adding to the suffering of uh, self um, criticism, you 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 kind of make you, you kind of make progress again. The, 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 a, 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 a kind of falling over, a bit like failing when you fall off a wave, doesn't mean that that's the end of your surfing career or that's the end of your uh, life as a mindful surfer or you or somebody who's a diet hacker or whatever it is you want to be doing in your life. It just means that you're human and you have to go back to the discipline of trying again. <laughs> it's still, no 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 human is. It's, there is no perfection. Nope. Uh, it's it's all a constant, um, hopefully a constant forward motion of little bits of improvement here and there, a little bit of regression. But overall, uh, the, the steps forward you take are way more than the ones that you make backwards. Fucking damn, damn straight. And we all have our natural bias. I think one of the things about our show that I hope stands out is that we are aware of ourselves enough, you and I, Liam, that what we say is not necessarily a recommendation. Oh, this is the advice. Do this. No way. It's, it's merely a suggestion because my journey has been mine. My inflammation has been mine. My, my placebos have been mine. My beliefs are mine. I've developed my own story. I have my own par my, my parenting, et cetera, et cetera. So we don't ever compare and go, oh, well, they're doing it. So that means it'll work for me. That's fucking no. Oh, 100%. That is utter... Bullshit, and it's where doctrine kicks in. It's where oh, you eat must eat a vegan diet because it'll save the planet. Fuck, mate, yeah. just fuck off. Yeah, stop it. It's, it's all this stuff that comes. It's a heavy energy. It is. But if you come in with a light energy um, that's very aware and still and calm, present, you can hear in people's voices 
what you need to hear. And it will come through in a sort of mysterious, beautiful way, a very subtle way that's, that's part of the law of attraction, part of it, the universe, where what you needed to hear, you needed to hear just when you heard it. Yeah. It's, it's a timing thing. It's a destiny thing. Yeah. And you've got to be like that. Because I think if you start to work out like, well, if I'd gone left, I would have gone left. If I hadn't gone right, I, I wouldn't have gone right. I don't, if you work out the minutiae of, of the probabilities of things, it's mental how these things work out. So you can't go down that road, the physical road. You've got to go down the spiritual road. So I think it's this thing where there are thousands of healing modalities out there. Ultimately, you've just got to believe intuitively that it's where you need to go if it's where you need to go. Oh. But not that you listen to our show and go, oh, that's it, I'll do this now. Well, that, and, uh, that's not what it is. No, because that's where the world's problems start. Isn't completely it? agree. Somebody saying that they know best for you as the individual, yep, and that you must do this thing in order to whatever X, Y, and Z yep. you're trying to achieve, be a better yep. person, improve. And really, everybody's an individual and has an individual path that's unfolding for them. So l listen and absorb, but choose your own and 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 research and read your own stuff. 100%. And in fact, on that, the bigger the following they have doesn't necessarily equate to the more believable in what they're saying. No. So just keep that in mind. Like, yeah. you, do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Same with governments. Yeah. You know, they've got this massive power. Just because someone's got massive power doesn't mean that they're necessarily telling the absolute truth. Well, in fact, the two are inverted. You know, well, and, here we go. You know, with great power comes great responsibility. And unfortunately, there are a lot of in inverted commas, powerful people and organisations that do not exercise that responsibility angle of that, and um, and the same is true the world over. So, yeah, be be curious and be yourself. Can we put no salas into that high power, <laughs> high responsibility to not tell people? I got the I got the stock four eleven, and I'm just going to go out in some average waves. <laughs> <laughs> I love his description of average <laughs> oh, race. Fucks, I love Noel Salas. He would be a great guest. He's brilliant. Take what he provides with a pinch of salt, please. I reckon he's Biolus' hitman. If, if Salas so knocks on your door you and you've upset Biolus, you, you know you're getting a bullet <laughs> to the brain. <laughs> it's so, so fucking... I can see that. He's like, he's the fucking ripper on at low, at lower trestles. And he's got the peak because he's been surfing it for 30 years. So he's like, move out the way, it's mine. I'm just an average Joe. This is just a junky wave. <laughs> massive wrap in the pocket 15 foot spray out the back just like it's so funny but we love Noel and I just think he's so sincere he's yeah. I, I love his stuff um, dude um, segment four a uh, bit of media um, I, nothing radical for me you know as I said last year I finished the 100 foot wave absolutely love that if you haven't tuned in go and watch it mm -hmm. but I've been watching a bit of Ben Gravy I watched Ben Gravy's surfing Malibu in those cra the crowd factor oh, at these yeah. places holy moly you see these banging waves but the amount of people holy how you even it's just everything gives me like <laughs> when do you get how do you get that wave when there's no one around I'm at a stage now where I'd rather not surf yeah. There's so much more that I love than just surfing that I'd, that I'd rather go and do. If you're in Malibu, um, there's going to be some serious, serious talent on offer. Yeah. Just to sit and just admire yeah. the beautiful surroundings, shall we say. Well, you can do that. You can do that. And just, and just walk and, you know, I'll go to, you know, here and read a book and you know, do some stretching and, and, and just no. No, no, no. And, it, and how far would you have to go for a slightly more uncrowded wave? Well, maybe there a long way. I don't know. But, you know, three miles around the corner? I don't yeah. know. 
go and do a dorney? I don't yeah. know. It's just, I, I find it intriguing how surfers are. What about you? Have you been watching anything? Nothing. No surf meter at all. It's kind of, um, it's been all rugby, rugby, rugby. It has. Because the rugby's been uh, amazing. Um, and if you don't follow rugby at all... Um, well, if you live in Australia, you won't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's actually, in fact, on this sub subject, there's actually a fair bit of crossover uh, rugby and surfing because of the countries that do fairly well in rugby are, you know, proper, proper surfing countries. New Zealand, yeah. Australia, South Africa, obviously, mental waves on those lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's a Balinese rugby team knocking around at the moment. Yeah, it will be, but they're, but will they're be. not in the World Cup. Uh, obviously, England and F Wales. Fiji. F mate, right now we, now we see, huh? Huh? Yeah. This should, maybe we could organise one day a surf rugby. Well, here's comp. the thing. You've got to like, get your, seven me like your 15 men together. You're going to go out and do the comp, get another 15 men, and then come in and finish it off on the pitch. Well, it's everything that I would hate because it's yeah. big blokes running into you at high speed yeah. and big waves. And then... <laughs> And then fucking massive Fijians running at you. And then, oh, now we're going to go surf cloud break. Yeah, can you imagine that? I don't know what would be worth. They could give you, a, do you want to be tackled by this guy here or do you want to take off on a cloud break wave? Do you know what? I'd take on the rugby. Yeah. Every bloody day. Yeah. Cloud break, no thanks. I mean, maybe at four feet, but eight feet. Oh, wow. <sighs> dear, oh dear. What but um, no, 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 no surf media. But the rugby's been really good. Um, it's, it's, it's also reminded me of why I love surfing too. Yeah. Because you can go for a surf and hopefully stay pretty well and go home and be with your family. Yeah. Or friends or whatever you do. Whereas with, with, with the sport like rugby, the collisions are just crazy. Yes. And I got out of it at a good age because I don't think it wrecked me too much. No. But very inspiring to see those, those people put themselves into those situations and the, the, the sheer bravery of it. But again, it's like anything, Lim. Just like big waves. Whatever you are used to, you're used to. Yeah. When you're Tom Curry... England's number seven and you're, you're used to just diving at people's knees who weigh 20 stone running straight at you he, he's, you're immune to it when he walked it's off like the, anything when he walked off the pitch I for, know uh, uh, he, he, any other person well first he would be being wheeled off on a stretcher yep um, but he, he was there is a man that should have been checking himself straight into A&E like, like the emergency rooms <laughs> I fucking know and he's just sort of hobbling off because he sits on the bench oh like, holy shit he I, looks like he's been in 15 car accidents in one afternoon <laughs> dude honest to god uh, just bonkers yeah um, but yeah no, it's whatever you're used to and that's why you know in, 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 in surfing um, we have that too like well, you know if you're if, you, if you're used to going in big big stuff then that's what you're used to but you know again how you get to that bit is 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 by stretching uh, the comfort zones but with surfing what makes, it, what makes it a beautiful challenge is you can't always choose that no rugby's a bit more like okay we're playing this team today and you can say to the coach right well I'll do 30 minutes of the first half yep. is that okay yeah sure right it's a bit more controlled surfing so much of what lures us in this wild activity is also what makes it pretty yep. wild on that progression front because you've got to kind of roll the dice a little bit yep Exactly right. You don't know what it's going to be like out there in a way, but we, we keep pushing it. Maybe we're going to have a surf this afternoon, hopefully. Let's we? do it, yeah. A bit, a bit of work and then a bit of a surf. So uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Looking forward to speaking to you next week. Cool, cool. Bye. Cheers, guys.